listening to Unpacking Injustice with the Montana Innocence Project. This podcast tells the real stories behind wrongful and unjust convictions and illuminates the complex issues responsible for making our criminal justice system unjust. Today, we are bringing you the story of Dave Wilkes. He was freed by the Montana Innocence Project in 2020 after spending nine years wrongfully incarcerated for the deliberate homicide of his three-month-old son, Gabriel. Let's begin unpacking. In January 2020, Dave was about to have his new trial when he was faced with one of the most difficult decisions for innocent people, whether to take a plea deal. At the last minute, Dave was offered to plead no contest to child endangerment in exchange for time served. He wouldn't have to face another trial, and he wouldn't have to risk being wrongfully convicted twice. Even though Dave had experts lined up to refute the shaken baby syndrome diagnosis this time, he was far too familiar with the realities of wrongful conviction and decided to take the plea deal. The case was taken over by a a new deputy DA named Brian Lowney, who basically came out and basically said that uh, I criminally endangered Gabriel but didn't bother going into anything else. It was like a sentence and a half long. There was no case law to back it up. Nothing else to back it up other than what we'll call mimicking or parroting the original DA Susie Boylan's words. I I didn't want to take the plea deal, but I'd already done basically 10 years of my life and I did not want to go back inside to further my family's mental strife or have anything further come out of this because I'd already seen all this stuff come out 14 years prior. On January 29, 2020, Judge Leslie Halligan approved the plea deal. Dave was no longer wrongfully convicted But contrary to what most people may think, life after being freed is not always easy. Dave has rebuilt many aspects of his life, and just like he did following the CPS case, he did so in record time. But he is still haunted by the experience he had with the criminal legal system. Two weeks after getting out, I met my brother Tim, who lives down here in this little town called East Prairie. I didn't know about him. He came up to Missoula after I got out. We spent three days together and I definitely tell he was family. Um, (laughs) I was able to move down about a year after I got out. So since I've been back in Missouri, I've lived down here for three years plus now. I'm in the process of buying my own home. I'm in the process of buying a half acre. I own a couple of vehicles. They're not the greatest. They're not brand new, but they're mine. I have a little dog who's my heart. My complications with being back out have been that beings I took this plea deal meant that I wasn't truly exonerated. Now, yes, I am back out. I am blessed. I've met new family. I've been able to connect again with my biological father. 
I have a lot of good friends down here that also know my case and they back me 210%. But being back out, it's, it's kind of been a double-edged sword because all I ever wanted, period, was to have a family, to have kids, to have a purpose in life, and the state of Montana robbed me of that. They came at me and said that I had shaken my son, which was disproven multiple times. My son would be 15 coming up July of 2023, 15 years old. I'd have probably had a handful there because I know how I was at 15. Again, yes, I, I am blessed multiple times, but I don't have my son. And the fact that the state of Montana can continue after 14 years to perpetuate the fraud that they have because it is a fraud. We're taxpayers. The legislature makes the laws under the oath of God. They take the oath on the Bible to ensure that justice is done, period. And it's not. But this is what this whole thing, it had taught me not to make assumptions about anything. Um, I remember reading a paper years ago, you know, before I got locked up. And you'd see somebody going to jail for a certain crime or whatever. And you're like, man, that guy's a little POS, you know, piece of shit. And you come to find out that, wait a minute, maybe he, he got wrongfully convicted too. Maybe. Now the running joke inside was always... No, we're all innocent <laughs> until the guys inside that knew me actually saw that, oh, wait a minute, he's got the Innocence Project fighting for him. He's got all his paperwork and he can verify every time. He, hey, I drove these guys nuts with was inside, bringing bundles of paperwork back. Hey, check this out, yo, check this out. You've heard Dave talk about his days playing rock music. He is a talented, self-taught drummer. And his other passion is art. Dave used to own a tattoo parlor and throughout his life has found purpose in designing tattoos with meaning. I, I have a tattoo that I designed while I was in prison this last time. And before I get to that, so there's a number of people throughout life that have monkeys on their backs. You know, whether it be drugs or sex or food or they drink too much or, you know, they talk too much or whatever. So when I designed this tattoo, I wanted it to have a lot of meaning for me. And so what I designed was a demon. And I have a demon on my right shoulder blade that I designed about 14 years ago. It was shortly after my son passed. And people asked me, they were like, why did you get this? And I said, well, the people that I've shown. I said, well, here's the thing. I said, most people have a monkey on their back. And me being a different guy that I am, I have a demon. And the demon that I have, it's a constant reminder to me. Every day I get out of the shower, I can see it in the mirror. It's, it, it's, it's also a reminder to me of him, but it also represents the anger that I have inside as far as 
not only my son's death, but the wrongful incarceration of any parent that would have to go through this. It's bad enough losing a child when you don't know what's going on and then have to live with that every day, be incarcerated for that every day for God knows how long with maybe no hope of getting back out. I know we've talked about so much, but is there anything else you want people to know? Actually, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd like to say this if we've recorded and we'll put it on the very end of it. Multiple people that stepped up for me in the last 14 years that never had to. They didn't know me. They'd never met me. They saw what my son was going through. And then as a result of what my son went through, what I went through, and what my family went through. And I just want to give a big shout out to all those people that did that because they didn't have to do that. The Montana Innocence Project, the Sentinel Forensics Group, Dr. John Glasnick, Dr. Patrick Barnes, Dr. Andre Lloyd. And I know there's a lot of names there that I've missed, but... Uh, And I owe the Montana Innocence Project a huge debt because these are the same people that went to bat for me and they fought for me when I had nobody else to go to bat for me. I can't say I can rebuild my life because uh, I'm not sure what part of it to rebuild at this point. But the fact that the Montana Innocence Project got me back out, I can never repay that because they had the, they had the nerve to stand up from not only me, but my son. They stood up for my son and they tried to give my son a voice too, which means my son is still alive and I'm still able to carry on that memory with what they did for me by getting me back out and by trying to help my family out and, and, and tell my family that, hey, Dave didn't do this. Justice is a Montana Innocence Project podcast. The artwork was created by Rob Truax, and the music was composed by Corey Fay. Thank you for unpacking Injustice with the Montana Innocence Project. Thank you.